Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. Do you remember the nickname that you gave me after the like, speaker's dinner in Austin? Like, and it's right, been so like this is five the, years ago. Yeah, this is going to be the test for our, our, our neurological health nutraceutical yes. because I think it is cracked out cowboy. Yes. I have no idea how I remember that. <laughs> Man, uh, Steph Curry just nails one from 40 feet out. It's episode 194 of the Simply Human Podcast. Your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it's Grant. I'm going to go with Sabatier. Why are you snickering? If he is French or French Canadian, it would be pronounced Sabatier. Could also be Sabatier if he's not French. Saboteur. No? You're wrong. I can say without equivocation, it's not saboteur. Uh, He is a guy who became a millionaire by the age of 30. So he and I have that. in. Oh, I'm sorry. A thousandaire. I became a thousandaire. I'm a a dozenaire. (laughs) So, Mark, you threw me for a curveball and you're like, hey, you're going to read the intro. And I was going to do a bit, but I'm just. Well, I I will say this. I got four words for you, Rick. Yes. You still got it. <laughs> you still got broadcast man voice. I do what, what I can. I call that FM radio voice. What was the you? intro of George in the Jungle? Was there an intro? Like when we would do the show, I me and you no would do idea. the show. That was the sports radio show that we used to do. Uh, in Monday through Thursday. It was called George in the Jungle because a guy named George hosted it. No, and it was uh, no, we would like he oh, would you, hang on. Okay, you're gonna tell. Like we would uh like I would co host a couple times a week and you would co host a couple times a week. But then on Fridays, uh he <laughs> he didn't want to come into work. So I hosted on Fridays and Mark co hosted. Uh I wish we could get like a recording of Oh, it was terrible. Oh, that would be so that no. I, would, I could just download it would be that funny. as it would a be podcast. Funny, but like, like uh, all the, the Friday show and it, knowing what I know now about radio, oh my gosh, that, that's the bragging montage. The same like three people would call in. Well, listen, uh, the Friday show we would do like this picking contest oh. where we would like pick the winners of these five games. Unlistenable. And that's literally all it was for two straight hours. It's oh. all right, let's go to line one. We've got Dave in the line. Dave, what do you got for game one? Oh. Uh, like the Flyers versus the Canucks, uh, guys. <laughs> Like we ever did He's, hockey. All right, game number and you, you sound oh, like yeah, definitely Cowboys are gonna win that one. You sound right, like game the, number three. Oh man, the Rams! I got the Rams and the steel. It was that for like two consecutive you hours. Sound like it was the, so stupid. The ticket contractor, Rick, Ricky Cody. <laughs> Is that his name? Something Cody. <laughs> well, the reason I do that <laughs> stereotypical. Uh, guy who has nothing better to do than call these sports yeah. radio stations. <laughs> there was the guy that worked at the zoo. Remember him? Did you say zoot? Zoo. He worked at the zoo. Ah, the zoot. Okay. The, no, the zoo where the animals are imprisoned against their will. I don't remember any of those guys' names. I remember one guy owned a Merry Maids franchise, and he <gasps> was actually uh, Tucker. Is that his name? Yeah. I still see him every now and then. Really? Yeah. He's still He's around. He's really funny. Uh, one time, was it you doing the show with me or was it Robert? Uh, <laughs> it was like the day before Thanksgiving and George was like, hey, I'm not going to do the show. It's all yours. So I was like, oh, yes, I get the arrow by myself. And I absolutely said the F word. <laughs> the and only one person was listening. Uh, your mom. And mom. it was uh, 
it was this was it my mom you idiot uh, it was this old guy uh the guy who liked wrestling mm. i don't remember his name but he drove up to the station what to bring us a thanksgiving like present and was like i'm not gonna tell anybody you said the f word and i was like <laughs> please don't i'll lose my job i can't afford to not have this six dollar an hour oh my gosh um so speaking of uh, Football Friday, Rob, the, I went to an NBA Finals game a few years ago with him, and that reminded me today, this morning, Rick, I was gifted from uh, Reunion Arena. Ooh. One of my friends bought some like tearaway, like the button tearaway, old <sighs> Mavericks pants. The M with the cowboy hat. Yep. And I and I played basketball today, and every time we we do this thing, it's like a it's a staff faculty game at the at the university where my wife works, <laughs> and and it's this, it's this, I'm like one of the younger guys, you know. We just it's basically for exercise, you know. Nobody is just like dunking or anything, and uh, so like we we had for you don't say yeah, <laughs> but there, we do have one guy, we do have one guy that can dunk, um, like when it's a fast break only. It's Jared Mosley, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think he could probably still dunk though, but like oh, so, we each had six today. It just kind of depends on who shows up. But today, each team had six, and so we have a sub. So every ten points, you sub. So every time I would go out, I would button the pants all up. All up. So every time I would come in, I would like rip the pants off. Like I, I felt like a real. I have a Chris Gatling warm up for uh, in that. It actually was Chris Gatling's. Remember him. Yeah. No, I don't remember. Well, yeah, I just make sure. I, I have uh, amnesia. I don't remember. <laughs> um. So that was fun. In other news, yes. I received my lifetime supply of mushrooms. <laughs> okay. I have lots of questions. Okay. Did they send you all the mushrooms at once, or was this more like a mushroom, like a monthly subscription thing? They don't. They're not going to send you. It's, I'm not getting like the little foam bowl of mushrooms with so- saran wrap over the top <laughs> which is what you're imagining the slice of mushrooms <laughs> the sending, cost... imagining this like opening your mailbox in the first of every month and all of a sudden like it's like a oh, bowl uh, of mushrooms thing of mushrooms in here <laughs> no it's like extract there's pills and i got some powder and of course jen opens it and she's like Getting some mushrooms. <laughs> Gonna uh, get high. Yeah. <laughs> like it's fine. It's fine. It's mushrooms. It's like a cordyceps in in uh, turkey tail. You know, you know the mushrooms. No, I don't know. Yeah, That's why I said it's all what? The mushrooms. <laughs> well, I got a hundred dollars worth of mushrooms, so suck on it. <laughs> the mushrooms. Well, <laughs> suck on the mushrooms. Oh, mushrooms. Can we talk? I feel like the Super Bowl is a big enough deal that we can discuss the Super Bowl very quickly before we call yeah, Grant. Make a confession. You didn't watch it. Barely watched any of it. Wow. I wish I was thinking this last night when it was it was the low. They haven't I haven't seen this on any of the I don't watch a ton of sports uh, TV uh, like like, you know, non game sports TV. And it was <laughs> the lowest scoring Super Bowl ever. By five, it was the only by Super Bowl points. in which one team did Didn't not score, score a touchdown. touchdown. The lowest scoring game ever before that was like Super Bowl seven. It was fourteen to seven. And this game was thirteen to three. It wasn't. It was the uh, Raiders and the. I was making that up. Yeah. Oh, it was around the time the Cowboys won their first Super Bowl. But anyway, um, it was a very low scoring game. I will say, gotta respect the the old man Tom Brady. Pretty impressive. He's forty one. Well, listen. Uh, from a, f- we're gonna get some deep sports talk here. Okay. 
what they've done is completely like it'll never it'll never happen again. Like it's the and I hate like the oh that's a record that never will be broken. It's the Canadians. Because every record will be broken. It's Montreal Canadiens. One is like uh, Wayne Gretzky's like uh, goals record. Eh, like overrated. You have to no Mark to do the math. Oh, overrated. You have to average like fifty goals a year. Every year for like twenty years. But he's <laughs> I will insane. I mean, it's very like, common uh, that he's overrated. So you're gonna do the show by yourself. <laughs> just, just hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So like Wayne Gretzky's goal scoring record will never be equaled. Uh I'm pretty sure Cal Ripken Jr.'s games played oh, streak. Yeah. Easy. Very selfish. Yeah. By the way. That'll ever be equaled. And I don't think what the Patriots have done the last Whatever it Eight, is, eighteen eight, years, seventeen years. They've won. They've gone like, to nine. Crazy. They've been to a Super Bowl every other year for eighteen years. They've won six Super Bowls yeah. in the salary cap era. Been to nine. And think about this: there are two constants on their team. That's it: Dude, the coach, the, coach the quarterback, the and literally every single other position. Starting position. There's twenty-two starting positions. Eleven on each side of the ball. Different Twenty-one of year. them are up for grabs every single year. Uh, Rick, and they, regu- they turn the entire roster over every two years. Did you know? I mean, yeah. I mean, you may not know this because you're not you don't follow other teams, but I just happen to know this. Did you know that there was a Plano Texan on the field last night? Plano Texan, a Planoite from Plano Senior High. Tom Rex, Brady. Rex, Tom Brady. Yeah, no, he's from Plano. He's from he's Michigan. I don't think Rex Burkhead, number thirty-four. Running back for the Patriots is a Plano Senior High Wildcat. Oh, well, then. You know that? Hmm. I did not know that. Well, hmm. Pesh sucks. Well, and I will say this. Uh, I was really rooting for the Rams. Uh, I think Sean McVay's memory trick. People who have memories like that just absolutely fascinate me. People who just have that kind of memory. Have you seen this? No. What? Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. Uh, attached to the show notes, I'll send you a, 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 okay. a YouTube okay. link. Sean and I'm not joking. Sean McVay can remember any play that's been called in his oh, entire. You know, I think I heard that. But, life. but is it like all literal? You like you can give him like all right, uh, November 11th, 15 against the Giants. It was third and 11, and there was four minutes left to go in the second quarter. He's like, oh, wheel route, Jamison Crowder touchdown, like that, and it's like instant. Wow. It's ridiculous. I thought. I guess I he thought that he definitely has a pornographic memory. Uh, I believe you uh, meant to say photographic. I did. Well, oh, sorry. Um, okay. hey, Rick. Yes, Mark. Did you hear that they found a fossilized dinosaur fart? They are calling it a blast from the past. <clears throat> hey, Rick. Uh, somebody yesterday told me I was just average, and I said, well, that's just mean. <clears throat> so, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you listen to the the last show that I recorded, the montage of you making a fool out of me? And I didn't realize how excited I got every time. <laughs> <laughs> you a-hole. <laughs> hey Mark, uh do you know how to organize a space party? Uh no. You plan it. It's <laughs> pretty good. Thank you. I feel like I won. No. No, nope, it's pretty pretty clear. It's pretty evident. I won the we should ask Grant. <laughs> that's that's our 
that's our uh, our new deal. Is we have to instead of guessing birthdays, we're going to. Hey, you uh, know what we need to do is we uh, on these names that we don't know how to pronounce. Pronounce. You mispronounced. Pronounce. In three, two, one. You know what we ought to do in these names we don't know how to pronounce is we should make a bet on it. But the bet needs to be like I get to hit you across the chest with a two by four. <laughs> the next time like, you see the me, the loser gets just severely beaten. Hey, I'm going to see you in a couple of weeks. Oh, that's true. I'm so excited. Don't, hey, don't say that. Don't say that. They don't, don't. listen. <laughs> Your brothers are having a surprise birthday party. Yeah, they don't. They're turning 40. That's old, man. What's crazy is that I remember, like, there's a there's a home movie home of movie. my dad's. dad's. You hear that? Echo. What? There was an echo. A home movie of my dad's 40th birthday, and I remember it very, very well. <laughs> I'm and, just going to make a joke, but I can't make it on the podcast. Well, yeah. Um. <laughs> Man, how the memories, a friend of ours, we got to get to Grant, but a friend of ours sent uh, a picture of my old house. Did that bring back some memories? That porch <laughs> that porch is the porch that I burned the card that you and I had signed. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> we won't tell that story. Um, okay, I'm going to end this <laughs> Zoom call. If you uh, know Rick or Mark's cell number and want to hear that story, uh <laughs> Shoot us a text. <laughs> For the, like the five or six of you who are non-paying members of the premium content club, we will peel the curtain back. <laughs> oh, that is uh, one of my favorite stories. Okay, uh, I'm going to end this call and get, start the call with Grant. So go to that uh, link, you doofus. In, in Queens. There's Rick. I had a brother that lived in New York. Hey, shut up. Maybe you've met him. Uh, <laughs> making fun of me. That's right, the subway Rick, together. Rick, you were right on his name. Rockefeller Center. <laughs> Rick. He lives in New York. Shut up. Hey, pronounce ha- the, how you said his name, his last Sabatier. name. Sabatier. is correct. That is it. All right. And Mark, that means I get to hit you across the chest with a two by four. In two That's weeks. recorded. That is recorded. <laughs> That's a real thing. Okay. So. so, Grant, we used to, and we're recording, and we used to um, <laughs> do his thing for a year, for like, this is like our fifth year of the podcast, and for more than half of that time, we had this fun, real fun game where we would guess our guest's birthday. And Rick uh, uh, cheated and like three times in a row <laughs> looked it up. And uh, got not it. only, no, it was more than three, I believe. No, but it, like, and I came three. really close intentionally once, but I did this bit for like two months where a listener helped me research the people's <laughs> birthdays and I kept nailing them. And Mark was just like, Man, that's so crazy. And it never occurred to him that I might be cheating. So we're not going to guess your birthday because Rick ruined it. So uh, you're just going to – will you just tell us your birthday? This listener was very concerned that you were going to do away with the birthday game. So I can give you my no-cheat guarantee. So we're going to do it? That's going to be really funny. Yeah, I know. I'm never going to believe that you did it. Okay, so we're going to guess your birthday. We're just going to do one guess now because you ruined it. Um, I'm going to guess – July 20th. No. December. February 11th. Is that your guess? No, you guys are terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I actually did nail it one time completely honestly out of that's such a the the odds of that are so insane. (laughs) They're so so insanely low. So what what you said December, you were about to say December. Is it? Yeah, December 13th. 
Seven that was going to be my actually second guess. I have it written down here, so I'll yeah, give right. myself credit for that one. No, and, uh, <laughs> no way. That's crazy. I totally believe it. Mark Zero. Yeah. <laughs> Two years. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, we all we said about you in the intro, and I had Rick read the intro, was that you were a guy that became a millionaire by the time he was 30. And that's all our listeners know about you to this point. <laughs> so other than that, what is your story? Just moved to New York City six months ago. How did you get to where you are now? So are we recording? We are. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so my story really begins uh, back at the age of 24. So I bounced around a number of different jobs after college. I was a philosophy major, and I never quite found the right fit. And at 24, I'd gotten laid off twice and had to move back home with my parents. So I was literally sleeping in the same bed that I slept in as a seven-year-old kid. And I was down to my last $2.26. Oh, my gosh. And fast forward five years, three months, and six days later, and I'd saved $1.25 million and reached financial independence. Hang on, hang on. With that two twenty six, go buy a beer? Because I feel like you can go buy a beer if you buy the right kind for two twenty six. I could totally have bought a beer at that time for two twenty six. Still reserve or something. But I didn't want a beer. I wanted uh, a Chipotle burrito. (laughs) That was beyond, beyond my means. (laughs) <laughs> alcohol is the solution to and cause of all of life's problems <laughs> solution <laughs> <Bought a beer. laughs> i want to know more about your about your story so tell me tell us more like how did you get uh go into the more depth because you are like a mystery to me and i want to i want to know the mystery yeah sure so obviously getting there in five years three months and six days was a crazy journey uh, i just wrote a book about it financial freedom so it all starts with a simple Google search and, you know, I'd sent out over 200 resumes uh, and hadn't gotten a single call back. And so I'd applied to everything from like an event marketing company to a florist to like, if I had gotten a call back to work at a florist, I would have taken that job. I was so desperate. And so I was doing a simple Google search uh, for best money books and uh, a few things happened. I first, I saw a Google mobile ad. So I saw a Google ad and it was the first time I'd ever seen one. And so then I Googled Google mobile ad. <laughs> and the first thing that popped and up, your computer exploded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is how simple it was. The first thing that came up was an article from eMarketer, this like research agency that was like, you know, jobs running Google campaigns are projected to increase 300% by 2020. And I was like, okay, wow, there's demand here. I've never heard of Google ads before. Have you read, do you know who Nassim Taleb is? Taleb? Yeah. Okay, so I've read, I read his book, Anti-Fragile, several years ago, and I'm actually rereading it. And it seems like that somebody with your kind of background uh, would would jive with the principle of that book that the like the like just here's a very uh, just kind of a, a breakdown of it is that like inanimate objects are harmed by low stresses like low impact stress and that and that organisms living organisms are actually harmed by the absence of low impact stressors and that and that and therefore like entrepreneurs are much more are they they're the opposite of fragile because they can like they're more flexible and they can just kind of if a big catastrophe happens they just adapt and can go on and like kind of kind of figure something else out do you have you read that book or do you like does that make sense yeah it totally makes sense i mean humans are incredibly an incredibly adaptive species i mean you know we fi- we find we find ways out of so many situations 
Um, you know, I, I do believe, you know, I wouldn't have been nearly as successful in my life if I hadn't had that kind of pressure cooker experience mm -hmm. because it forced me to, you know, really kind of adapt and, you know, it upped my game. It's one of those things where the trauma of it, the stress of it, the, you know, the pressure cooker situation, just like having to come down and chat with my parents at dinner, like I did as a little kid, right. you know, I could just see the shame on their face. Um, <laughs> and, and so that was something where I was, I was dealing with all of that. Right. So, yeah, I think it sort of forced some form of rapid adaptation and yeah. evolution um, in order to escape. I mean, I also just got really lucky that, yeah. you know, I happened to search for something and then figured out and stumbled into what became, you know, one of the most lucrative industries, digital advertising, you know, in the past decade. And um, better yet, once I did that Google search, I saw that you could get certified for free. And so I was able to literally, I've made millions of dollars and my entire story is built on one Google search and getting certified by Google through a free nice. test. And so it's kind of representative today of the credentialing economy and the fact that like I learned this over 30 days, got the credential and then got it, the first job that I applied to and then spent this five years, you know, building Google campaigns and websites and launched into a whole nother industry I knew nothing about. Um, and that's, I can trace it all back to a series of YouTube videos wow. and a free certification exam. And that acquiring those types of skills and not needing an education, that's only getting easier. Um, so the paradox is it's never been easier in history to make money. Uh, but people just, you know, if they don't know that path, right. um, you know, then it, they're still stressed and confused about money. Right. Um, and when you say money, let, let's talk about let's talk about that word and the definition of that word because that's like what everybody, like you said, like everybody's in trying to make money, make that money. What is money? Yeah, m money is simply a human invention. It's uh, you know it's something that hasn't always existed. We invented it as a means of exchange, but through time, we've embedded so much power and emotion and so many things into it, um, and ultimately money, you know, it collects those emotions and it collects sort of the viewpoint of, of society and how you grew up. And, you know, one of the things that I think is really important is, you know, you can either control money or let it control you. And a vast majority of people let it control them, yeah. whether that's some form of, you know, always chasing after it and spending your whole life running after a number or the next thing, or on the flip side, the stress of it controlling you and you not paying attention to it and this thing that ultimately is a pathway to freedom you disregard or you outsource it to someone else this thing that can truly transform your life you you shy away from it as opposed to embracing and developing a relationship with it that yeah. you can then use for your own growth and life development and you know money, money only matters i'm gonna hiss every time <laughs> hey, it does that. let me ask you this how do you that's a it's very th interesting See, it's thing because uh, me personally, uh, I'm a policeman. Uh, I work in a pretty decent department in a pretty large city. Ragger. Um, there's lots of off-duty work opportunities, and I know tons of guys who, especially by police standards, make a ton of money because they're constantly working all these off-duty jobs. But to me, the hilarious paradox of that is, well, yeah, you make all this money, but you have zero time to enjoy any of it. How do you balance that? between 
you said like you know allow like letting the money control you like how do you balance that person good question right thank yeah, you so thank you money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love and so you know i'd ask those police officers who are side hustling and have multiple income streams you know if they're happy and they're enjoying their life and they like working and they're doing what they want to do then mm-hmm. they've won the game you know it's when people are making a ton of money and they're making six figures and they're stressed out about their life and they feel stuck and they've taken on all this debt and they don't know how they got there and you know or even people who are making very little money and they feel stuck it's when you're stuck it's like oftentimes like a lot of people who are stuck it's hard for them to get perspective it's hard to realize that most people are like two or three steps away from a life that they'd really love and often a couple of those steps have to do with money like if you have no money saved and you you know you're always stressed out because you're worried about your boss is going to fire you the first step isn't obviously saving millions of dollars the first step is escaping living paycheck to paycheck so you don't care as much if your boss fired you and so you're going to sleep a little bit better at night Right. And then the next well, listen for me as a policeman, it's impossible to get fired. I think it's one thing we've proven in the last like uh, three or four years. Oh, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> okay. You can go that to jail. That message is for everyone else. Like everyone else, you can't just go around shooting everyone. <laughs> We're good to go. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, the the, cha- the challenge is, I mean, even um, be, being a police officer, you know, there's obviously a high typically amount of risk to the reward compensation that you're paid. And so life like investing is so much about calculated risks and often, unless you really want to be a police officer and the service mentality, uh, you know, is obviously there's so much built into that, but the, the high risk to compensation reward equation is very off in professions like police officers Um, and oftentimes I see law enforcement officers making sacrifices, you know, when, when they wouldn't necessarily have to. Um, I've known a lot of law enforcement people and some of them really like their job. And then so they just keep doing it and others are really stressed out and feel like they've gotten into something that, um, you know, they, they didn't quite bargain for. Yeah. Well, and just very quickly go on, on the, the concept of money. I read a book once uh, called Sapiens. And it talked about how money and, and a lot of a lot of things in life that we have kind of constructed around us is just a kind of a figment, a collective figment of our imagination uh, that like a hundred dollar bill isn't inherently worth a hundred dollars that we it's it worth it's worth a hundred dollars because I believe it's worth a hundred dollars and that you believe it's worth a hundred dollars, which is kind of a weird concept um, are you high right now god that's a <laughs> man like a hundred dollar bill like it's not even worth a hundred dollars shut man. up. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's still worth a hundred dollars because there's a you know it's backed right. now by something. Yeah. But no, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's all you can you can choose what money means to you. That's the thing. Right. Like a lot of people give it so much power and they think it's this like concrete thing, but you know you can really deconstruct it and look at it in so many different ways. Yeah. Like I'm a huge believer in looking at money in units of time. And so the whole idea is whenever you're working for money, you're trading your time yeah. and you can always go out and make more money, but you're never going to get back your time. And so are you willing to trade your life, the time that you're never going to get back for that amount of money that you're making? What if you and spend then, your money on a time machine? I mean, then that, I mean, that just messes everything up. That just, like, <laughs> that's the ultimate, the ultimate circular, circular, circular situation. By the way, speaking of which you're rich and I have ideas, uh, 
I got an idea for <laughs> Yeah, that's the whole purpose. Of, we don't have a podcast. We just want to pitch you ideas. Hey, listen, I stole this idea off like one of the Superman movies. Right? <laughs> Rotate around the world fast enough. That's, that's I, I don't want to give away. I don't know. No, no one listen to that. I don't, I don't want to give away the idea. I don't give away. <laughs> well, hey, you, you mentioned the whole time and money thing. But and, and one of your I know one of your points is like, why is time not money? What do you mean by that? Yeah. So you can always go out and make more money, but you can't get back your time. And I think people thinking that money is time, they, they make trade-offs that they wouldn't need to make. And on the flip side of that, you know, a vast majority of the world's wealthiest people, they've just you know, they've dislodged this traditional, you know, money time relationship by doing a few things, you know, obviously investing money when you're investing money and you're making money in your sleep, you're not trading any of your time for it. You know, Warren Buffett makes $1.5 million an hour, even when he's sleeping, wow. you know, that's like the whole, that there's no time traded for money there at all, yeah. but people continually work and think they need to work and work longer yeah. hours. And then on the flip side, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and people go out and they like work for other people or side hustle, you know, for other people, but you can only drive for lift, you know, 10 hours a day before you're too tired you know, there's a limit to how much you can drive and also what you're getting paid, you know, no, there's still, you can only drive 24 hours a day, even with (laughs) cocaine, you know, (laughs) but the thing is, if you find out, yeah, if you, if you hire other people, you you know, and you become, I call it like, you know, you just become the Uber of your own life and Uber doesn't drive cars. All they do is connect people who need rides with people who give them. Right. And so you're you're brokering other people's time, and thus your time is no longer limited by the hours that you have in the day because you have other people's hours. And so making that shift of not just working for yourself, but having other people work for you is so much easier than most people think, and just dislodges this traditional money time relationship. Yeah. Okay. So I know you know we got about ten minutes to go here. What what is the fastest path to six figures? Is it stock investing, real estate investing? Like which? Like did you do either one of those? Do you do either one of those? Yeah, I mean I do both, but I think the fastest path to six figures is learning like Google AdWords, like the digital marketing skills I was talking about. But the fastest path to financial independence, which is that point when you no longer have to work for money, is definitely real estate. And so I have friends who are, you know, 27 years old who have two properties and they have enough income from those two properties to never have to work again for the rest of their life. Wow. And not only that, those properties, the rents go up two to 3% per year. So they keep up with inflation. And so they're insulated there and then their properties are appreciating. Uh, and so they're going up in value and that's just with like two properties. Right. So there, we live in a college town. There's a lot of college housing. Should I buy a little rent house. Absolutely. You should buy a rent house and then buy your second rent house as quickly as you can. Huh. Wow. I mean, get like I'm four or five. About how I got evicted out of my rent house though. I had a roommate who had a dog who ripped all the mini blinds out <laughs> and uh, we paid $200 each, the three of us in rent and we all got kicked out. So you have to contend with that, Mark. Yeah, no, that's the like, house like farts. Only girls, college girls. They're not gonna, <laughs> they're not gonna have the, well, I don't know. Like I, I knew some pretty, um, <laughs> okay, so real estate real is estate. the way. Um, okay, so why is this the easiest time in history to make money? I mean, you've never had access to more high-quality information, um, low-cost, high-quality investing opportunities. There's so 
many ways to make money offline and online. Uh, you know, it's kind of, we're, we're still in like the third inning of the internet, you know, it's right. all, um, and you know, it's, it's like, we have opportunities to literally make money anywhere, um, that we've, that we've never had before, uh, because of all of these confluence of factors. It's also more importantly, it's never been easier to live, live like life on your own terms. Right. You know, so if you define like this is the the question isn't like how much money do I need? It's like what kind of life do I want to live, and then how much money do I need to live that life? Right. So more and more people are questioning the common vision of success because like my parents are in their sixties and they're still working. They don't know if they can retire. Right. And so like people in my generation, it's like we're looking out and being like, we don't want to work for forty years. So maybe we're going to live life differently. Maybe that doesn't mean buying the two cars or the house with the huge mortgage. Maybe it means living this other way. And being able to master money is mastering yourself in that sense, because you can choose to make choices. I have friends that live on like $14,000 a year and they're the happiest people you'll ever meet in your life because they've defined success for themselves and they're doing really cool stuff in really cool places. Um, So is that, I was going to ask you like, you know, happiness and money, how does all that go? And I think you just answered it. It's just, you first have to define what, what is success to you and then go achieve that. Is that... Yeah. I mean, you have to, you know, it's so much easier in life to like chase that next thing, you know, whether it's a promotion or a million dollars or the new job or whatever it may be, it's always easier to go after something. The harder thing is to stop and go look inside and be like, you know, why am I doing this? Is this kind of the life that I want? Why am I making these trade-offs? What makes me happy? You know, most of the things in my life, and I think a lot of people's lives that makes them happy, picking up their kids at school, walking their dog in a park on a Sunday, you know, having a glass of wine, playing music, listening to records, whatever it may be. A lot of things in life that make us happiest actually are things that are pretty inexpensive or free, but we don't actually, you know, build our life to maximize those opportunities. We, all we do is, uh, you know, just try to make money and then fit our life into how much money we're making or even worse, we end up spending more money than we're making and try to fit our life into some vision, you know, that our friends have or our parents had or the people around us have of what a good life means. But you have to learn how to define that for yourself. And that can be pretty tough. That can be pretty challenging. Right. You have to be Um, really honest with yourself. yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, life's too short to not love what you do and to enjoy your time. And, right. you know, so many people are just so stressed out in their life. And it's like, whoa, you know, like there are other paths out there. Like people have chosen other paths. You don't have to just like be a starving artist or, <laughs> you know, a corporate slave. You know, right. there's like so much, there's a huge spectrum in between those things. Right. But we're not told that. We're not told that when we grow up. We're not told that from the media. We're, we're like sold one version of success. And then no one believes that other ways are possible. And that's why I wrote my book. Cause it's like, no, I made completely different choices than everyone that I knew. And here's where I got. Um, and all it takes is kind of looking at money and life a little bit differently. Okay. That's a great segue. Let's talk about the book, financial freedom, a proven path to all the money you will ever need. Why should uh, people buy your book and what will they learn from it? Yeah. So the book is a, a scalable strategy. So no matter where you're at in your own financial journey, it's designed to help you get to financial independence, that point when you no longer have to work for money as quickly as possible. So even if you're in a lot of debt or you're making six figures a year, it's a scalable strategy. So it's going to help you get to that next level of financial freedom. There are seven levels in the book and there's so many facets to it from 
11 different ways to look at money to the only budget you'll ever need. I've never had a budget. I don't recommend budgets. There's a budget. It's like the anti-budget. Most people focus and cut back on the wrong things, those things in life that make them happiest. How to optimize your full-time job, launch a side hustle, best invest based on your your appetite for risk, and then how to make your money last for the rest of your life. Um, You know, it's all in there in a step-by-step process that even if you know nothing about money, you know, it's going to walk you through, uh, you know, it's like, I'm like walking next to you, showing you all of these things. And it gets, you know, increasingly complex as the book goes along because it's designed to be reread every year. And the final thing is like the finance industry sells a level of precision. That's unrealistic. You know, it tells you you need $5 million to last for the rest of your life, but they actually, you know, it's like who you are this year is very different than who you're going to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years. So how do you form a relationship with money? So as you grow and change your, your, your understanding of money changes and how much you need evolves with you, just realizing that everything's a trade-off and whenever you're spending money, you're trading your freedom. And so, you know, I figured out that every hundred dollars I saved, I was buying six days of freedom in the future. So I stopped spending money because I was like looking, I wanted my freedom more than I wanted to buy that hundred dollar dinner. And so changing just a little bit uh, the way that you think about money, it can completely transform your life. Um, It's a path to freedom. I mean, I've done it. Some of my friends have done it. More and more people are choosing to live life on their own terms. Um, And then, you know, I just did this for five years and now I'm, you know, 34 and I have the rest of my life to do whatever I want. And so I get up and do what makes me happy and what I enjoy and explore and live a completely different life than most of my friends who are, you know, still in the rat race. You know, it's, I made some short-term sacrifices for a lifetime of opportunity and that's available 99% of people in the United States. If you're making $50,000 or more, you can retire in 10 years or less, hundred percent. So this book is designed to get you to that point. Even if you want to keep working, it's designed to get you there as quickly as possible. And I've got like the support of Tony Robbins and David Bach and some of these big people because um, it's a completely different way to think about money. So this is exciting because today is February 4th that we're recording this. This show is going to come out uh, maybe like in a week. The, the book comes out tomorrow. Book drops tomorrow, man. I'm number 835 on Amazon worldwide right now. <laughs> oh my not, gosh, that's awesome. Not that I'm watching the numbers. Right, but yeah, you're like been like looking at it as we've been talking about it. <laughs> a little bit, no. Oh, well, I'm going to go. <laughs> no, it's exciting, man. Yeah, it's like that's I spent, awesome. It took me, took me 2,800 hours to write the book. Golly, and so I love how a, you know. Like, like you have a like a stopwatch? Yeah, yeah, a Google Chrome extension. So I was timing when I was working on the book because – you know, I'm, I just wanted to see the net ROI of that time over, you know, the long haul. And I just want to see how long oh. it would take me. You know, it's like, yeah. dude, like you make like $2 a book. Like everyone's like, oh, you just do this for money. It's like you make no money. Right. You well, know what I mean? It's like such a labor of love. Did uh, you record the audio book? I did record the oh audio book. Oh, my gosh. Because oh, I was going to say I could do the voice for your audio book. I do a lot of voices. Bragger. I do an Australian dude, I love voice. I love voices so much, man. Uh, what's your favorite voice to do? Throw another shrimp on the barbie. That's my British uh, accent right there. That's okay. I give I give that like I give that like a six. He, okay. he had a really good Bill Cosby, but we can't do that one anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too bad yeah. times have changed. Man <laughs> raised me. Uh, 
now we can't even mention his name. Yeah. Well, okay. So the uh, the uh, Audible, it's on Audible, um, and I'll put this in the show notes. The link to this. There's a Kindle edition for fourteen dollars. The hardcover is on is normally twenty seven. They've got it for Prime down to seventeen seventy. Yeah. Um, and it's out tomorrow. I can This is great. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this book and read this book. Dude, this book, man. This book, it's legit. It's legit. Of all the, I, I'm fighting a. I'm walking up a, a rapid filled stream, man, because a lot of the 99% of the books out there about money are completely, you know, fluff scam jobs. And this thing, it's legit, man. This is like completely legit. Awesome. This is my life. This is like the, re- it's the real deal. Yeah. Are there any pictures in it? There are a lot of charts. There's one picture. The only picture in the entire book is of my bank bank account. It's oh. on the, it's on the second page of the book. My bank account when I woke up and had two dollars and twenty six cents in my left to my name. Rick that, was hoping the screenshot, the Rick screenshot was, of the book is of that is amazing. Rick was hoping for like some centaurs or some like or maybe wood, a minotaur, woodland creatures a, or something. A minotaur. Yeah, I, I played on a soccer team called the Minotaurs when Sweet. I was a kid, and none of us none of us knew what it was. Yeah, they oh. didn't know that it was the the um, uh, combination. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the worst kid's soccer team yeah. name ever. Minotaur. Like, what's like, a minotaur? What oh, it's when yeah. a it's when a bull had sex with a queen, <laughs> and you can't spell it. You know, it's like <laughs> that a donkey. Show. It's like it's like seven year olds. You're like, I don't understand what this means, and I can't spell it. Right. Like, what is a minotaur? It's terrifying. We're having nightmares because of our jersey. Like picture. Juarez. <laughs> okay, okay, we're not going there. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, uh, this Belgium, has been. Excuse me. I gotta. Hey, I gotta get up. Do the old rat race thing in the morning. Yeah. Alarm goes off at six, and I gotta be on the road at six forty-five. If I travel well, um, what, just very quickly, what is how can people find you? Uh, obviously, we're going to connect the uh, uh, the link for your uh, but you, millennial money is at your Twitter, and then you're on Instagram. All where else can people find you? Yeah, Instagram at financial freedom, uh, financialfreedombook.com, or just search financial freedom on Amazon. You can learn all about the book. You can watch the book trailer video, which cool. I'm particularly proud of. Um, <laughs> Ooh. And those are the best places to find me. Okay. Um, just check out the thing is don't email me or tweet a money question at me <laughs> without first reading the book. That's why I wrote it. So I could be like, Oh, well right. that's in the book. You should check that out. Yeah. Um, I feel like everything that I have to say about money is within those 342 pages. Somebody emails you like, Hey, I'm going to Starbucks. Should I buy a Starbucks this morning? Yeah. It's like, Oh man, I've got very nuanced thoughts on that. And yeah, (laughs) yes, you should. Yeah. That's that's the short answer. When you're done reading the book, can you Xerox all the pages and mail it to me? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll scan them on my scan. That's how app. I'm going to save money. Word. You don't save money on those small things. Yeah, you're going to well, steal. Mark's going to be the one paying 10 cents a page. <laughs> so funny. At Kinko's. Awesome. Yeah, well, good luck on the book sales and uh, everything else. And hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Sweet. Thanks for having me awesome. on, guys. Have Thanks. a good night. Thanks for having you, too. Bye. This is the first time we've ever had a, like a money guy, but, but I mean, it all, well, listen, it, Hey, uh, uh, there's a really good connection here and this is not, we, we've not become like uh you know, Saturday morning, 10 AM, uh, infomercial, right. Joe, uh, there's a connection to enjoying life like a human. And we're not saying you have to go out and be a millionaire, uh, by, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you don't have to be a millionaire at all. You don't have to go buy real estate, but, Part of enjoying life is living a life that you can 
enjoy. Yeah, I mean, that sounds crazy to say it like that, but I mean, he's right. If uh, you like a million dollars worth of stuff, you need to be- figure out how right. to be a millionaire or yeah. you're going to be unhappy. Uh, whereas like, you know. So here's here's a good uh, way to put the this. Week, like, debating this. It's a long story. Uh, job offer for a clinic and blah, 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 blah. But their contract terms were crazy. And mm. we were like, you know what? We don't really need the money. We yeah. don't have like expensive hobbies. I play hockey, but I've got all my hockey equipment. I Ragger. smoke meat. Uh, feel free that's to pull not, that out of context, Mark. It's not what uh, I thought you were really say. <laughs> all the all the hobbies that we have. We don't hobbies. need a whole bunch of money, so the money we've got now right. is good. Like we don't we don't worry about money at all. Like so, not, I'm not saying you know, oh, look yeah. at us, look at us. I'm just saying that's you figure out what's important, and you have to figure out how to get it, and that's solid advice. Um, uh, we have a special guest with us, Rick. Dylan, oh. Simply Human's own Dylan is here. Oh. Dylan, what is your elevator um, money advice? He's a money guy. Oh, boy. Save it. <laughs> Save it. Save there it. You go. All right. Well, there's your $10 money advice from Dylan. $10 Thank money you. advice Save from Dylan. Don't spend money and you'll accumulate money. <laughs> don't spend it and you'll accumulate it. That's genius. Um, I, and kind of to your point, I have uh, – there's a – well, I'll just say someone that I know – uh, is thinking about taking another job, and and the job that she has, it's you, right? what? It's you, right? It's not me. Um, a, I don't. I'm not uh, seeking another job, but but I I told her. I said before you make a decision. Quit saying her. It's you. It's not me. <laughs> you you have. I wonder how long she, I could string this long. It's definitely not you. <laughs> she <laughs> has a very flexible schedule. She has a ton of vacation time. She doesn't get paid a ton. But I said before you make a decision on this other job, you need to put a monetary value, a hard dollar amount on what your flexibility and your vacation time is worth to you and add that, you know, like make, that has to factor yeah. in because there's an enjoy life factor to that. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's one of the things that my wife was considering. Like uh, right now she works four days a week. She has Mondays off. She negotiated that, negotiated that into her current contract, and she very much enjoys it. Uh, and this other job uh, would have been a lot more money, but also would have been five days a week. Right. Plus some, uh, like a, the most insane non-compete contract ever. Like literally, it was a lifetime non-compete. Jeez. If you ever leave this company ever, you cannot work for a competing company ever. within a 30 mile radius forever wow. or for six months so it was nuts there, i mean and there are strip clubs enjoyed the flex- everywhere and, and above all like if this was about money she would have taken that but it was you know there are things more important than that did and you hear what i said no i didn't hear what i you said, said and there are strip clubs like all over the place in irving like scattered with well within 30 miles of each other <clears throat> are you done or do you feel like and i made that joke twice <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't hear it either time or <laughs> All right. Well, that was Grant Sabatier with special guest. No, 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 don't Dylan. say it weird like an American like Sabatier. That's what he said. You have to pretend like you're in France or in... you have to say baguette. You said Sabatier. Sabatier. Say it, Mark. Say it. Sabatier. Sabatier. That's what you sound like. You have to pretend like you're Kermit the Frog. <laughs> oh, Miss Piggy, we have Grant Sabatier on the show. <sighs> Whatever. Um, okay, next week, <clears throat> we, we're booked out, man. Um, and like I said, as long as we keep getting people emailing us good guests, 
maybe we should Google them first. Not saying <laughs> just the one yeah, instance. No, I hey, I learned my lesson. Ago. I learned my lesson. We're not gonna say any hints. Hey, no, 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 don't say it. Don't say it. Don't, I'll, don't, don't say it. What this is? This I'm gonna delete it out. Tumor and will disappear. Uh, we have Tom Incladon. And then we, oh, and then that is not a real name at all. I mis, I mispronounced it. And Tom then, Incladon. Then the next week we're recording. We Don Cock Tolston. Are you done? <laughs> Don't steal my joke. <laughs> I've already done that once. The so next week, me and you are recording, and then the next week I'm recording Kathleen Trotter because you're at some conference. I'm going to be at the most important event of my entire year. Okay, and then Maggie Downey is next. Remember, we had a little mess up with Maggie Downey, and then we have Trina Felber coming up, and then we we're we're booked into a, uh, April first. We have one. So anyway, that's it. Uh, tip of the week is save your money. That that's Dylan's advice. That's no, simply tip, tip of the Mark. week. I got huh. another tip for you, Rick. Do you? what? What's the tip? Uh, wash well, your uh, socks regularly. Huh? Socks? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think that's what you were going to go with, but that's fine. I'm going to wash my thoughts. Well, you said that you enjoy smoking meat. Yes, like a good brisket. I bought, I got a good deal on some ribeye steaks tonight uh, at the store. Some uh, some beef ribs. I ate some uh, some venison tonight from a deer that I shot through its chestal cavity. Yeah, I know you sent gun. me the video, and I don't <laughs> want to see you murder an animal, Mark. I see the video of me getting it. No, I didn't. God, if you send me that, I'm we're done. <laughs> we should do the audio of that. It's just like you're like the gross. No, gross. <laughs> okay, that's gonna do it for this edition of the Simeon Podcast. And remember, alcohol's the solution to and cause of all of life's problems. <laughs> so until next time, enjoy yourself. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.